Through the ages, there have been legends about the underworld, lost civilizations and races of mysterious beings that exist just beyond our perceptions, hidden among us, yet safely tucked away from humanity. Priscilla Vogelbacher joins us tonight to shed a little light into the hollow earth and legends that may prove to be more reality than we could ever imagine. That's next, right here on the best in paranormal podcasting. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Darklings, we are yet another episode closer to the 100th episode, which airs this Friday. Now, I do have a caveat with that. Uh, we are doing a, a live show again tomorrow night, and that will be episode 99, 100 on Friday. However, where I live is expecting a massive snowstorm. We've been getting alerts all day. We may lose power. We may lose uh, gas. We may lose everything. So, in the event they can't do it this week, we will definitely hit episode 100 next week. But fingers crossed, we'll be here and, and uh, power through. Last night, we did a special episode, and uh, we revisited an episode we did back in July. Um, it was our voodoo, hoodoo, and southern uh, mysteries and myths that we had done with Mike Coleman. Uh, Mike, if you recall, um, was a guest on our show. People were fascinated by his story. And he lost his life on October 31st. So we were able to honor him last night by going back and revisiting that episode, which is now even more poignant. So if you had a chance to see the original <clears throat> uh, or missed it or would like to review it and revisit it, it's available on our YouTube page now under the Voodoo Hoodoo Redo. Um, and you can listen to the audio wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got an interesting show lined up for you tonight. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Our guest, Priscilla Vogelbacher, has over 20 years of reading, researching, and studying mythology and ancillary subjects. She is an expert in the mythologies of Mesopotamia and the Abraham Abrahamic religions, uh, but is also very knowledgeable in creation myths from around the world, as shown in her books. She's the author of four revolutionary volumes on mythology. Uh, we have a link for her, for her website, and where you can order her books on today's program guide. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the show Pris Priscilla Vogelbacher. Priscilla, good to have you. Thanks for having me on. It's been a long time since we spoke. Yeah, it certainly has. I'm glad we had a chance to connect here. Um, this is fascinating to me. Obviously, a few weeks back, we mentioned in the news that the, the hollow earth theory and where that legend originally began. And it was fascinating. A lot of people were asking, you, you know, are you going to do something about that? We love lost civilizations. We love the concepts of these uh, these beings that may have predated even written or understood history and mythology. And uh, then you reached out, and this was just perfect synchronicity, so I'm glad we're allowed to connect on this. Um, let's pop up real quick just so people can see. Your new book is Testament of the Hollow, and uh, we do have, again, links on tonight's program guide. 
Um, let's, if you don't mind, let's just kind of break into a couple of these different aspects. Um, the hollow earth for people that are not familiar with it yet, or think they're familiar with it. What can you tell us about the hollow earth theory, the belief in this deal that there's an entire civilization that lives inside our earth, as opposed to traipsing around on the outside like us? Well, I'm just going to tell you where it comes from and what it is. Cause sure. I'm sure you already went through that on that other show you mentioned, First proposed by Edmund Haley, he's most mostly known for his comet um, that comes around every so often. He proposed a theory of concentric spheres because he was trying to account for the magnetic pull and how he thought it was moving well. Um, since then, there have been others, Marshall B. Gardner, um, William Reed. Uh, so... As we know it today, the hollow earth is that, obviously, the earth is hollow. Um, from our surface uh, to the inner hollow surface is roughly 800 to 1,000 miles. Um, and then in between is called the inner earth. And that's different from the hollow earth. And we'll get into that. <clears throat> and where does middle earth fall into all of this? Is that just <laughs> Tolkien's theories and ideas? Um, <laughs> yeah, right. It's all it's all part of this. But it's yeah. interesting how there are these weird threads that go through history through different belief systems, uh, religiosities and such that, that do believe that there was much more to our world and our history than than even they revealed. Or did they reveal it at times and it was just washed away? Yeah, all the way until uh, Christianity, really, um, or Judaism, rather. It goes back to the Sumerians, uh, the Sumerian underworld, they knew as Anki, which means heaven, earth. Earth, uh, they imagined, was a mountain called Ikur, the mount, house, house of the mountain. And underneath, was it was hollow underneath. It was a vast hollow. And uh, the interior of the Ikur is the Hursag mountain. Uh, which is the mountain of Aralu, which is just different names for the same goddess. Of uh, she's also the, she's the queen of heaven and the queen of the underworld at the same time because there is yeah there's a hellish underworld and there's also beyond that a heavenly underworld and every civilization talked about this uh, as well as many different tribes throughout history. Um, but let's get into the underworld, the uh, the hellish underworld, a little bit more first. But Let me ask one thing, just real quickly. Uh, when we were talking about the hollow earth, and then we'll come into the underworld section of that. Um, the hollow earth, there's there's this report that Admiral Byrd, while on a journey to the Antarctic, found yeah. this opening, this portal that brought him in, and or he was able to peer through and see there was a whole civilization there. Um, inside. And then, of course, it's only been propagated as conspiracy since then because nobody, the, the rest of the world agreed nobody can take over that area. Nobody's going to lay claim to that area. And it's just a very weird history to that. First of all, is there any truth to the rumor that Admiral Byrd made these claims? Or is this stuff that was cooked up by, you know, P.T. Barnum's of, of their time, the original National Enquirer magazines to kind of propagate a, a false narrative and story to make their real story a little bit more palatable. It's definitely real. There's definitely something to it. I read that um, after 
he uh, came back from his flight. He, he would call it uh, the land of the great unknown, uh, the land beyond the poles. And um, there's a diary that his son uh, got published posthumously um, that basically describes him going in, meeting with people, um, seeing what we call flying saucers, um, a city of light, um, and all the rest. Yeah, there is something to it. And that's reflected in the myths and legends uh, mm -hmm. that I'm going to get into here. Also, I read that uh, he did take a video, or his co-pilot took a video of that flight, and it was actually shown in theaters uh, for a short time before it was pulled permanently. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I okay. read. Was there ever, were people coming forward? Unfortunately, it's not like today. Boy, it'd be spread all over the world and somebody would have pirated it already. But is there any um, kind of explanation as to what the, the video actually showed? Yeah, basically just greenery. Um, apparently a woolly mammoth was shown uh, moving around also. But that's the extent of it. Nothing crazy. So, yeah, it might get put on YouTube. Nothing crazy day, except for, and then, you know, a woolly mammoth that died yeah, 10,000 years. Yeah, that's living totally woolly mammoth. Nothing big. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, right, you know, so. if, if it ever went to YouTube, it, there'd be half the people saying, I knew it, and the other half being, you're out of your minds. You know, well, well, let me ask you this. CG. Some some things I understand because of re religiosity. We have to, you know, the, the, they've been very protective over what can be told and what can't because it doesn't necessarily fit a religious text or belief system. So some of these things are hidden for that reason. Is this also falling into that category? Do you believe that if this is true, that there is this hollow earth that, that ex coexists with us, that it is being blocked by the church, by the state? And, and if so, for what purpose? What would it matter if we knew about it? No, it's. I don't think it's being blocked by the church because, I mean, I was able to find all this information <laughs> and I'm just... A... Right, but it's always kind of on fringe elements and it's always yeah. done kind of tongue-in-cheek when it's posted and it's reposted from one post 30 years ago and people keep adding elements to it. And so I understand some elements of this is, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure written with sincerity, but it's also... It, we as humans, we love to bastardize things and, and make more of them than they truly are. So I, I just wonder how often, how much of what we know now is only based on a kernel of truth and the rest has been, you know. Well, it's uh, plausible deniability. What are you going to do? Take right, your exactly. personal airplane and fly into the North Pole? No. I'm all for it. Let's do it. What do you think? <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm down. Christmas Eve yeah. seems the best time to go because Santa won't be home and that'll be our best <laughs> shot to get into that. That's right. You know, Sansa <laughs> is an anagram of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're both yeah. red. They both live in the North Pole. Mm. Something to it. <laughs> mm. Well, let's keep it from that darker element right now as we're very close to Christmas <laughs> and there might be children listening. Oh, Auntie Priscilla's teasing kids. We'll uh we'll we'll yeah. move on from there. But you've you so this concept, this belief, I mean, it's there, there are so many of these things that seem to be squashed. The concept that maybe giants really did exist on our planet, that the mm -hmm. Smithsonian is in possession of those bones and refuses to ad admit it or talk yeah. about it. I can't fathom why why that would be something we would hide. 
um, Bigfoot, the existence of Bigfoot, there's all this conspiracy that the government is hiding it and keeping it from us. I, I can't wrap my head around, okay, JFK assassination? Sure. Because you don't want your people fearful of your own government and what they're capable of really doing. I understand that conspiratorial angle. Shh, let's not tell everybody about Bigfoot. Keep it down. Keep it quiet. You know, hollow earth. <clears throat> it just seems ridiculous to me that that stuff even falls into the category of, of blame for these different aspects. And if you had to put your finger on why you believe it's being suppressed, what would your answer be? As far as the hollow earth goes, um, it conforms to every single account of what heaven is described as. So if it is there, and if it is this heavenly underworld, why wouldn't everybody want to go there? And therefore, you lose control. You don't have the control because it's all about control, isn't it? Mm. You know, plausible deniability. Mm. No, it doesn't exist. It's all, you know, liquid rock. Why would you go there? It's just liquid rock, right? There's nothing to it. But there's no myth... like Admiral Byrd, who had a good reputation, was a sincere man, yeah. was somebody that people trusted with a lot of money and a lot of work. And he comes back reporting these things. Why, you know, all of a sudden he's silenced about it. And it, again, I get your point on it, but you think they would have shut that down before it got out? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> all these little weird elements of our reality and what is reality. It's just, it's so shocking to me that, and I guess you're right. It just all comes down to control. It's somebody, somebody in some position feels that they want to overlord this knowledge or mine it and whatever they're doing to it. Uh, you know, you know th it, there's also this belief system that that's where aliens have always been, that they exist there, that that's where they come from, not outer space, not intergalactically, but from within our planet. Do you right, think that well, that holds more, more water and, and more belief to you than coming from? No, I, I don't know. No, I think aliens are, you know, they're on a different planet, different solar systems that they're out there. Um, I've okay. seen UFOs. I've seen right. the crash UFO also once. Um, so yeah, they're out there, but the, the hollow earth. Um, okay. Hold on. In my research, the, it's you just, uh, the gods. Hold it. You just pulled the pin on a little grenade, tossed it out there and you're like, anyway, hollow earth. Yeah. I've seen a crash UFO. So anyway, how about that Vikings <laughs> game, Dave? No, no, no. Yeah. Wait, you've seen a crashed UFO? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a crash. Um, this was you actually... You saw a crash? Or you saw the I, remnant of a crash? I saw it go down. Um, it was 2005. The night of my birthday, actually. I was riding eastward through the mountains of Maryland on the interstate. And all of a sudden, I'm just, you know, listening to the radio, driving. All of a sudden, 45 degree angle, down it came. And it was a diamond shape, and it glittered the whole prism of colors. Some twinkled off, went behind trees. Uh, within a minute, a black helicopter uh, came on the scene, descended where it crashed. Another black helicopter came, hovered over it. And after a few minutes, both helicopters just left, and that was the end of it. And did you ever wander off that way to look and see if you could find any wreckage or did they coordinate off pretty quickly? What, what no, was I, I, I don't know what happened after that. I was on a schedule though. So 
I didn't really have the time. Oh, to... schedule. <laughs> I don't have time to investigate real claims of the paranormal, Dave. <laughs> I saw it at crash. Good enough for me. Let's move on. Now, back to Hollow Earth. No, that's crazy. Well, you saw a crash UFO, and that was the end of your story. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not judging. I mean, everybody's got their own things in life that, you know, but wow, that's kind of one of the holy grail moments. Do you, do you regret not going to check it out? I think if I would have, I probably would have been stopped and told to turn around. I, I have no doubt that would have been the case. All right. Yeah. Government's okay. on it. Just look me in the eyes right now, Priscilla. If you're in trouble and the men in black are listening, blink twice. There we go. <laughs> they are always watching, Dave. Yeah, always. I know. I know. <laughs> Waiting for something to shut down our systems right now. Uh, all right. So going back into Hollow Earth, uh, yeah. please. I'm sorry to, to distract you after that little bombshell you threw at me. But if I didn't follow up with it, the listeners would have revolted. <laughs> uh, Dave, you realize she did say she saw a crash UFO and you didn't even ask about it. <laughs> So, all right, I've done my due diligence. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the hollow earth in myth and legend is a place of paradise. It's the heavenly underworld. Now, let me um, give some examples. Mm -hmm. uh, some tribes in Asia, the Volgos and the Ostiaks, uh, they call it life after death, but it's it answers to the hollow earth because it they say it resembles life before death, only upside down. Same thing. Um, the laps also, uh, they say the dead, uh, their feet walk, uh, on our feet. So again, the two, uh, surfaces. So it's like stranger things. It's the, the upside yeah. down. Yeah. It's the upside down, but you know, the upside downs is, it's not hell. <laughs> hmm. Um, the Samoyeds said there's rivers and stream that flow opposite again with the whole, you know, cause it's upside down. It must be opposite. And it's really simplistic. <laughs> sure. um, the Finnish uh, mythology, the Kalevala, actually uh, speaks of it. It says it's the caverns of the dead, they call it. It's it's grim. It's the under earth. It's called Tuonela, uh, which means Tuoni's abode. Tuoni uh, is also Manala or Mana, which are the same names for the same underworld. Um, it used interchangeably throughout that text. Um, mm -hmm. It's the same as Hades in Greek mythology. Uh, Melanesia, uh, the Messim of Melanesia, say that life below mirrors the life on the surface. Again, the Inuit uh, know the Arisut, which is, they call it the happy dead, uh, that the life below mirrors the life above here. <clears throat> and... Uh, so if it's, it is also, your concept if it's if it's mirroring but different mm -hmm. so if i'm having a crappy day here on earth is my my upside down <laughs> self just having a, a fantastic day is that kind of the the belief or is it just once you've made it to that part of your next evolution your life is better because that, no, it's, that it's place a way, is better it's a way of saying that it's life there is just like here only different you know there's trees there's streams there's mountains there's you name it there's a sky, there's a sun, um, there are people, but, you know, life is different because the environment's different. Um, do we, do you think that we age backwards there? Time does not exist there because there's no horizon. Okay. Uh, 
we use the horizon and the movements of the celestial bodies as a way to keep track of time, which is, which is an intellectual construct. Time doesn't actually exist. It's not a real thing. Space exists, and space and time are the same. Yeah, I know that our, our viewers are well aware that the paranormal 60 usually goes to 90 to 120, so time is irrelevant here, just yeah. like in the upside down. <laughs> so with that, the, the Inuit, they, they know of uh Ingupate, which are giants they say beyond the sea uh beyond the sea of the north mm. and everything in that realm is grown in proportion to those giants so like okay. trees uh in proportion to us here are giant trees in proportion to the giants living there um the Ostaks and the Bogles of Siberia know of a entrance to the underworld uh, that is was located to the north across the water. Mm. That that answers to the North Pole. Their hope opening right. in the Hollow Earth. The Klingit uh, tribe in Canada, they say the tide goes into and out of a hole on the top of the Earth uh, to the north. The Yakuts, uh, they said their other world is beyond the quote unquote. Death Sea uh, in the north, which mm. again through the North Pole are opening. The Bantu in Africa also say the Kuzimu, uh, which they is called the ghost country. They say it's through caves or holes in the ground entered uh, through that way, and it looks similar to this place. Again, with all the you know flora and fauna, different. Um, different fauna though. Um, the Cherokee also says there's another world under this one. It's just like ours. Um, the Hopi also say that the surface is the counterpart to this uh, surface world and it's inhabited by intelligent beings. The Northwest tribes of America also say the, uh, they believe the surface is surmounted by uh, an inverted bowl. So again, just like the Sumerians and the Babylonians with the hollow underneath. The pygmies of Africa, uh, their land of the dead is uh, lit by a light of another kind, um, said. Mm. And it's eternally balmy, which uh, corresponds to other accounts that says it's eternally spring. And in the hollow earth, there's no night, there's no cold, there's no darkness. It's just springtime all the time. Mm. The Cheyenne say that human origins were in the far north, which was always spring. The aboriginals, uh, the Victorian tribes, the aborigines in Australia, said that in the beginning, the sun did not set. And in the hollow earth, the sun never sets. It's always just there. Um, the Brazilian tribe, Munduruku, uh, said in the beginning there was no night. Uh, the Papago, a North American tribe, says in the beginning all things could speak and the sun was closer to earth. Uh, so it was always warm, there was no cold, there was no winter and no darkness. Um, the Zuni said that all the fauna came from a world cave. Uh, the Hawaiian gods live, quote-unquote, under the sea. Um, 
Now, do we talk when you look at these histor yeah. historical records of all of these different belief systems? Is there a, a genesis point? Do they all seem to well just around you know 150 BC? Everybody started kind of following this worldwide. So we're looking at like the the hundred monkeys theory or a thousand monkey, whatever the hell, however many monkeys you need to have that theory work, but. Could it be that somebody starts to build on this consciousness and creates, a, evolves an evolution of this? And once you get enough people believing in it, it, it begins to kind of traverse the ethereal network. Uh, no, I don't think so. There's no date <laughs> ascribed to any of this. It's just <laughs> like in primordial I love the fact time. that for the first time, my guest is the one making me sound like I'm high. Uh, it's no, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you're smoking, I'd like a hit, but no, I don't see that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's just, you know, it's always vaguely, you know, in the beginning, uh, okay. you know, in the earliest days, that sort of thing. So but that's something that, that they've always it. talked about in their in their oratory tradition of sharing the history. It's just always been part of it. There's not like this germination that started to grow that you're aware of. Right. No, it's just always been there. Um, okay. Like in the Aeneid, uh, Aeneas travels to the underworld, um, mm -hmm. to Tartarus. And beyond that, he travels further into um, Elysium, the Elysian mm -hmm. fields. And that's actually the same place as Asahan in the Nordic myths, where Valhalla is in Asgard, which is in Asahan. It's the same place. Um, the Elysian fields in Egypt was known as Seket Aru, or just simply Aru, which was a heavenly realm ruled by Osiris. Uh, it's division of Seket Hetepet, which is the field of peace, which is the same thing. Uh, Aru was in seven sections called Aritz. Each gate was guarded by a watcher and a herald. And that actually corresponds to some modern accounts of people going inside the earth and encountering guardians, uh, telling them to turn around or guarding entrances to caves. Did they describe, um, uh, do, do each of these people describe a very similar looking guardian when it comes to what they saw, what they're experiencing? Uh, no, there's no real description of these. You just assume that they're probably gods or demigods. Okay. Because um, that's what's inferred. Now, the Celtic fairyland is also the same thing as Elysian fields called Magmel, which is the plain of honey, or Magmel, plain of joy, um, is a kingdom beneath the sea, also known as the Fortunate Isles. Uh, it's also called Tirfatun which means land under the wave, um, or uh, Ternanog, land of youth. Um, the Welsh Anwen, or Anfwyn, is called not the not world, which is the same as the Christian heaven. And the Christian heaven, uh, the new Jerusalem, uh, with the tree of life, is exactly described the same as Valhall, with the glacier. Uh, in front of that, the uh, glacier is the uh, tree of life, and glacier is also in the uh, Celtic Egyptian text, the Colburn Bible, 
as well that I get into in my second book, The Gods of Genesis. Uh, the Aztecs called this heavenly realm Temochan or Temochan. Um, it's only mentioned three times in the Codex Chimalpopoca, though. Uh, it's originally an Olmec uh, place. And it's reached uh, by traveling through Shibalba. And in the Aztec belief, Shibalba is called Mictlan, which means uh, the dead land. And uh, Timonkan is also known as Cleoacan, which is Clelac's paradise. Clelac is the god of rain. It's a place of lush verdure, flowers, warm rain. There's, you know, fatigue is unknown. Um, worries are unknown. It's a very happy so life. These, do these underworlds then, are they tying into this hollow earth theory? Are those two separate things? Because the these hollow are earth is a place all... we can go in life. The uh, the underworld is something that comes into our next existence of being. No, I believe these uh, all the, all these descriptions of heaven match the hollow earth, and it's a place we okay. could actually go. Um, hmm. The Sumerians also mentioned their heavenly underworld only once, though, in the Epic of Creation, Enuma Lich. It's called Andaruna, which means heavenly abode. <laughs> and it's the domain of the gods. Now in the Hindu mythology, it's the lowest sphere. It's actually called that um, by the uh, Shmivad Bhagavatam and it's Patala or Patala Loka. And it's inhabited by the Nagas and the Nagas are the dragons of Hindu mythology. They're like <laughs> dragon people. You know, you'll see, um, Translation is that that's a snake man, but it's really they're dragon people, which is the same as um, all the other gods that I get into in my third book, Deities and Dragons. Do these beings, do you think we're seeing them on our side, on, on this side? Is that what we're mistaking as water creatures, uh, you know, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Chupacabra, uh, Mothman? Are these, are, you know, are they just occasionally making their presence known here on our side. Um, I believe these creatures and others like them are found inside the earth and they wander up to the surface and occasionally spotted. Mm -hmm. All right. There's other, stuff. There's a, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, there's a lot of other creatures that uh, are specific to the inside of the earth. Um, well, yeah, let's use, I do have to take a break. break. When we come back, why don't you tell me about some more of the weird creatures that are known to inhabit that area and what you think they may be. Are they representations of these creatures we're seeing here? Um, and, and, you know, just kind of digging in a little bit deeper, going into these different realms. And then what about places like Lemuria, Atlantis? Do these play into these concepts as well? Were these legitimate places that were here on the outer crust of Earth with us and they moved down into the next layer? Or wh where does that all fall into place? We'll talk about that. We've got a lot more to discuss. Stay tuned. Uh, I do want to make a couple quick cool mentions. Again, you can get our guest book, Testament of the Hollow, which is number four in her series. Uh, we have a link for Priscilla's book on tonight's show, so you can find her website and where you can buy the books directly. 
January 13th through the 15th is coming up quick on us. The Fear Fair. Email me. I want to know who's going to be there. Who's going to come on out and see me? It's a big weekend event, January 13th through the 15th in Southern California. Concert shopping, paranormal discussions, haunts and attractions, variety acts, film festivals, special guests like me. We're going to have a lot of fun. I hope you'll be out there. And a quick thought and good prayer and energy going to our friends out in uh, Northern California that dealt with a 6.5 earthquake today. Just hoping that all of our listeners and friends out there are doing well after that. Paris Icon at the Ohio State Reformatory, Mansfield Reformatory. That is the location, the shooting location for the uh, Shawshank Redemption movie. It is one of the most haunted locations I've ever had a pleasure to be at. I'm going to be out there with a myriad of great guests, and uh, you can get more information. Again, it's May 19th through the 21st of 2023. Shane Pittman's going to be there. Uh, The real ghost whisperer, Marianne Winkowski. If you ever watch that TV series with Jennifer Love Hewitt, she was the uh, inspiration for the series, and she was one of the consulting um, producers on the program as well. Aaron Sagers is going to be there. Mike Ricksecker, the ghost brothers, Andrea Perrin from the real conjuring, uh, Brian Kano, uh, Daniel class. It's going to be a great group of people and a lot of fun going on that weekend. Plus ghost hunts. Then you could journey this March 2nd through the 5th with Shane and I, as we return to Savannah, you to explore one of America's most haunted cities will escort you through the pathways of true grit hauntings. You can be part of an exclusive and private investigation at two amazing locations. Again, information can be found very easily if you just go visit darknessevents.com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. And we are back. 
Hello, my darklings. Thank you for being here with us. This is our 98th episode since we launched earlier in 2022. Thank you for hanging in with me on all these great episodes. Tomorrow, we have a very special episode. Jeff Belanger is back for a pawn further review, and wait till you see the movie I made him watch. We also have joining us uh, Chad Lewis, and Chad is a folklorist, a storyteller, an oral traditionist, and we are going to talk to him about the uh, many weird histories and traditions behind all of the uh, holiday fair that we're about to uh, experience. So you're going to want to tune in because there's creepy creatures, weird mythos, strange legends, and more. That's tomorrow night. And then Friday, of course, I'm here with my boys from Texas, as long as, of course, Blizzard Blizzard Geddon doesn't cover me in snow and break all of our lines. We'll be back for episode 100 on Friday, our Supernatural News episode. And as a quick update, everybody was asking about Lynn Lawson, Greg's wife from our news crew. Um, she is uh, still in the hospital. Uh, she's been dealing with some issues. Uh, she seems to be getting better, getting stronger. So just keep the prayers, good thoughts, and energy, healing, whatever you've got. Send it to Lynn Lawson and Greg. They certainly need it. Uh, all right, let's get back to it. Our guest this evening is Priscilla Vogelbacher, and we're talking about hollow earth, the underworld, strange lost civilizations. We teased it up a little bit before the break about these strange creatures that are known to exist there. And you said in the last segment that you believe a lot of the creatures like Chupacabra, Mothman, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, those are, are creatures that inhabit the underworld and just from time to time make themselves known here. Is that true? Yeah, I believe so. It's the most rational explanation to my mind. Um, okay. Now, I don't think uh, it's probably uh, best to get too much into these uh, Chthonic races because there's a lot to talk about with the Inner Earth Empire and the kingdoms there. So okay. basically, the, the, the beings that I've come across in my research, it's, it's very basic, you know, elves... Fairies, gnomes, dwarves, goblins, uh, that sort of thing. Um, there's a few monsters that I mention in uh, in the book, but I gotta leave something for <laughs> the readers, right? I agree. I agree. And again, we have a link for our guest on today's program guide, so you can go check that, and a link for her books where you can go order all of her books. But they're available on Amazon. It's just easier when you get to her website. Everything you could want to see is all self-contained right there. Go click the links and check it out. All right, uh, let's get into this, Priscilla. The the concepts of these lost civilizations of Lemuria, of of Atlantis, things that Plato spoke about. You know, were these real? lands real civilizations that once existed on our plane or were they always subterranean no atlantis and probably lemuria existed on the surface here um atlantis a few times critias in in the book critias uh says this is a true story and the credentials of all the men involved in that uh talk check out there's no reason for any of them to lie because their reputations mm -hmm. were on the line. So yeah, it, it's uh, they said it's a true story, and why shouldn't we take it as a true story? Um, same with Lemuria. Although Lemuria, uh, it's it's all about the theosophy. Uh, it's first uh, Helena Blavatsky, the founder of theosophy, was she was the first mm -hmm. one to mention Lemuria, along with five uh, continents total. 
uh, one of them being Atlantis, one Hyperborea, one Europe, and another that was unnamed. Um, now, Lemuria is said to have sunk because of earthquakes and fire. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that means volcanoes. And there's a few calderas in, uh, well, under the Pacific Ocean that was once active, and it goes back hundreds of thousands of years. So if Lemuria existed, it existed long before Atlantis. And Atlantis uh, goes back quite a ways, but it's uh, Plato's account gave a date about 9600 BC. And the, the thing about Atlantis and the underworld is that it ties in with I didn't know it tied in until I read about Rainbow City, which is one of seven cities that are under the ice in Antarctica. Rainbow Mm. City apparently is not under the ice. The other six are still. Rainbow City um, is ruled by an ancient three. Uh, One is Raj Rutan, which is skilled in material things. One is Raj Razan, skilled in the mental stuff, uh, mental angle, cultural arts. And one called Rani Katani, which is uh, takes the spiritual angle. Um, ruled two of them are men. One is a woman. We don't know who. Um, and also ruled by a council of elders and wise men. Now, the tie-in with Atlantis is the fact that I came across a date. It said these cities, uh, Rainbow City plus uh, Shambhala and Agartha, the empire of Agartha, was founded in the age of Ares. The age of Ares goes back to uh, 53,000 some BC, almost 54,000 BC. That's over two great years in length. Hmm. That's mind boggling. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's tunnels, extensive tunnels, apparently, that crisscross the inner earth that connect the cities and the empire as a whole. Uh, some entrances are named in the literature. I give a, a list of all the names that all the so-called entrances to the inner earth um, that I've found. But it, it's it's a very short list. Because um, okay. if we know about some of them, chances are, there's a lot more we don't know about. Now, um, are these there are these um, portals? These these I, don't, I, I, I hate that term because it's it seems so generic. But like the Bermuda Triangle, things mm-hmm. go in and don't come out. And oh well, you know we can. It's weather patterns. It's it's uh, gases being released that'll upturn a boat or a plane. But but then they're not finding the planes and ships at the bottom of the ocean where they last knew or anywhere within the geographic vicinity of them. Do you believe that those things are passing through into the underworld? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Um, you know, the what's it called? The Devil's Triangle off of yeah. Japan is the same. Yeah, probably not into the underworld. Um, maybe a different dimension. I don't know. I've heard that. Okay. There's a crystal pyramid that the Atlanteans built that still exists underneath the Bermuda Triangle, and somehow that's the cause of it. I don't know okay. if that's true. I can't. I don't have a way to verify that firsthand, mm-hmm. but that's what I've heard. But you were talking about portals, these entry points to the underworld. I just wonder mm-hmm. if if that's where the the missing go, and 
you know, it's, it's interesting to, to think, yeah, maybe they're just, uh, slipping into an alternate reality or, or world, but isn't that pretty much is what the underworld seems to be the an alternate um, universe, a parallel universe stars just slightly off. I don't think so. No, I think it's either a real place or it's not at all. Um, because that's what the myths say. Mm-hmm. These are real places. So it's okay. I'll, I'll take it for what it says. I'm not going to try to shove mythology into some other category to try to make it fit. That's mm-hmm. the whole, that's, that's where everybody goes wrong. You got to take mythology on its own terms. You can't, you can't say, oh, well, we got the, this myths and therefore we're going to explain archaeology using that. No. Or we're going to explain aliens by using the gods. No, you're, you're doomed from the start if you do that. But are we finding things that are considered mythology that are proving to be true so that it becomes archaeology? It becomes something that is, you know, like cryptozoology, a being is only cryptozoological until it's found and accounted for, and, and then it oh. becomes uh, zoological. Are we in that same frame of, of the mythological, that th- these beings, until we're proven true, they're, they're part of legend and lore as opposed to considered reality? Yeah, and there's, there's definitely something to that. Um, Pliny in his histories talked about dragons as though they were a real animal that existed and there talks about its enemy being the elephant um yeah of course these things could have definitely have existed um maybe they migrated inside the earth and never came back could be okay all right but the the concept of mythology where and so ology is a study of right myths but Myth makes it sound like it's a fable, like it's a dream. It's a, it's not real. It's just something that was, you know, we tell our kids to keep them safe from going too close to the water's edge, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's all leaned that, into, the folklore and myth. That that sense of an untrue story goes uh, back to the mid-19th uh, century. Before that, okay. it was taken as, as generally real. You know, obviously, okay. you, there's always been doubters. There always will be, but mm-hmm. yeah, like the <clears throat> excuse me, like the myth of the Garden of Eden was taken as fact, as real history, up until like the 17th century. Uh, mostly because you know, if you didn't, the church will kill you, <laughs> torture you. You know, so you just didn't question that. Um, but you know, it goes back thousands of years. These things were actually believed because. They're supposedly real places and real creatures. But if they exist, why would they stop existing in our current reality? Why would they, you know, so it was something that was just accepted as truth in the past and just, oh, this is a truth. We know this to be true because it has been seen, it's been witnessed, it's the oral traditions tell us this it seems like we've gotten far away from that reach. Science wants to mm-hmm. reevaluate everything or, or disprove everything. But it's one thing to say, Priscilla Vogelbacher does not exist. <laughs> she just doesn't exist. In my reality, she is not a real being. She's something that people have dreamed up. And you're like, no, dumbass, I'm sitting right across from you. Are you? <laughs> are you yeah. really, right? I mean, people are now starting to debate about the, the, the living matrix. Are we really part of an AI 
project. So to me, that sounds like a version of the past coming to light again now with us just trying to, as you said, maybe pigeonhole mythology into a new understanding of something that's already existed. Well, as far as I am concerned, mythology is not in opposition to science. Mm -hmm. And neither is religion. You don't need religion to believe mythology. You don't need mythology to be religious. You don't need to deny religion or, you know, crack at it or whatever uh, to be a scientist. There's plenty of religious scientists. And, you know, science is a great tool to help understand mythology. There's no reason it needs to be in opposition. Well, I agree, but yet it still falls under myth, which is a category that people give less credence to. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that, I think that's know. because um, it doesn't exist in front of our face every day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the gods might exist, but where are they? I say the hollow earth, if it, there is a hollow earth. I'm skeptical about it. I'm not a 100% believer. Of course, it could not exist. I don't know that. I don't know that either way. Um, but I like to entertain mm -hmm. the idea that it does because it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. Oh, agreed. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I always say when people are like, and I know I'll get the emails. She's bat crazy. What, what, what are you letting her talk? Because the possibilities, <sighs> what if? I, that's what yeah. This whole show is predicated on what if. If if ghosts do exist, aliens do exist, cryptids do exist, hollow earth does exist. It's all about taking our paradigm, shaking it up like a giant etch a sketch, and seeing what the new creation comes from. What is what beliefs and, and understandings? And I'm just as fascinated as I've said by why you believe the things you believe, not you specifically, but the experiencers mm -hmm. uh, and believers. Because to me, that that that's something telling. That fits into the realm of of fable, folklore, mythology as well, right? It's the tradition of sharing these stories and what they really mean to the people sharing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've got no argument for that. <laughs> <laughs> I am a master debater, so uh, I, I don't, could be wrong. All right, let's get back into... Uh... <laughs> Careful with your wording there, Dave. <laughs> hey, I said debater. I'm very clear with what I spoke. Um, all right, so... so with these uh, these possibilities of these different places beginning, it sounds to me like then there is a place for every religion to be right. That every they all have they all have uh, good things and bad things about them. They all have their own version of the truth. Um, mm -hmm. Like for instance, in my second book, The Gods of Genesis, I you know, people like to compare mythologies and say, oh, well, the Gnostics say there's this version of it, or the, you know, the Jews have this version or whatever. No, it's not, they're not different versions. They're pieces of a larger aggregate. And I piece it all together to give the full picture. These mm -hmm. are just different details of the same story. They're not different stories. And that that's true no matter what. Like the, with the with the the concept of heaven, all different takes on the same place. Same with the inner earth. Same with the um, you know the the inner earth empires. Uh, Argarta, Shambhala. Uh, by the way, Shambhala is, uh, in my opinion, the capital of the empire of Agartha, and it's. The Empire of Agartha is ruled by somebody that's known as the King of the World. And the primary uh, source for that was uh, 
Fernando Sandowski's book, God's Beasts and Men, or maybe it's something other jumble of beast men and gods. <laughs> right. Um, and he named him, his name is Rigdon Jepo. And, uh, you know, does he exist? I don't know. He could. Why not? <laughs> you know, maybe the people of the inner earth are just as uh, much myth to us as we are to them. You know? Yeah, that's a good insight, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I wondered. So many of the God cultures, it's interesting that, you know, in Christianity, there have been the God cultures that predate it that line up and sound just like the Christianity versions. There's, you know, it's like the elephant parts story, right? You blindfold the three, four men, bring them in, each touches a different part of the elephant, and they all perceive it to be something radically mm -hmm. different. Are we looking at these gods and the Norse people see them this way? Therefore, that is how they perceive them. The Indian culture sees them this way. The Native American and indigenous people see them this way. But it's really uh, a different telling of the same principles. Yeah, for sure. And let me point out, a lot has been made of the whole ancient astronaut thing with no end in sight. I'll tell you, I have read and researched so many religio-mythic texts, and not once have I come across something that says the gods were from the sky. Never. Okay. It's always inside the earth. All right. That's it. Now, going through the Exodus book, though, there's the mention mm. of this thing that's flying above them, a plank, yeah. a board, something that, that, that hides within the clouds and will descend at times and, and then ascend back there's up a, a large booming voice hearing through it. Yeah, it's a pillar of cloud or right. ignite a fiery pillar. Yeah, that was uh, Jehovah's craft. It was just there. Sometimes he would, uh, you know, spray some stuff to kill his own people. Um, you know, the whole, uh, the whole thing about in the Bible, um, freeing his people from Israel. And so they go on to, you know, rape, pillage, murder, conquer the Canaanite land to establish it as the land of Israel. He did that because of extortion. That was extortion. And you only know that after knowing the whole, uh, you know, Genesis myth that leads up to that point. Genesis 2 through 11. Um, yeah, he, the, and the only reason he did that is because that was the land the Canaanites inhabited, ruled by Lucifer or Satan or Enki, whichever, you know, epithet you prefer. And when when Yahweh or Enlo had his, uh, his uh, domain and his people on the Zagros Mountains to the east, that was the whole reason, just to yeah. eliminate uh, the lineage of Satan and establish his supremacy on that land. Now, I know people are going to ask, okay, so where can I find, obviously you put a lot of it into your books. Mm -hmm. Where can the layperson start finding these claims, these these bits of history that haven't, we don't have to worry that they've been bastardized or shaped by you know, an American guy named Barry living in his mom's basement who read them and is melding what he knows from Dungeons and Dragons into real mythology. And I don't mean that to sound dismissive, but there's a lot of people talking out of their asses that claim to know these things. <clears throat> and then when we try to find those bits of history, 
we can't uncover them. We can't find where that bit came from. It all comes from oral tradition. And that Mm -hmm. sounds weak until you know that oral tradition in the ancient times means you got to memorize every word verbatim. You cannot screw up. Otherwise, you're out. You're not a part of the priesthood until it was written down. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, something um, about the Lemurian myth that really got me was uh, Albert Churchward, um, Colonel, no, that wasn't Albert, was it? Colonel Churchward, very famous for popularizing the myth. He called it Mu, M-U. He gave a very descriptive uh, scenario of the sinking of the continent and what happens to the people after. They're just reduced to primitivism, you know, cannibalism, or, uh, you know, with no technology at all left, just fending for themselves, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. back to hunter-gatherer. And so the stories uh, that were preserved of that time, of that continent, were they used the sky to embed their stories into so that it's like um, a way of recall. Okay. And that that's where the whole astrotheology comes from, I believe. So they were using it as a, a mnemonic trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's fascinating. Uh, I, I know we've only got a few minutes left together on this. Is there any aspect of this that was more surprising to you in your research than you expected it to be? Something that you kind of went into half-hearted thinking, oh, this is going to pan out to be complete and utter garbage, and you walked out going, wow, there's something really to this. (laughs) When I first started all of this, yeah. I was, the only reason I got started with writing this stuff is because I knew I could prove that Lucifer was the good God and Yahweh was the evil God. I didn't really know about Gnosticism all that much at that point. Um, and I figured, oh, it's just going to be a short little book and, and then I'll be done with it and move on. Ten years later, four books, uh, just based on that one premise. Yeah, it really ballooned out of proportion. <laughs> um, but they're definitive books and I'm really proud of them. And um, anybody who's looking for the mythology of Lucifer, Satan, the underworld, heaven, hell, uh, all of that stuff. My books are definitive. All right. Fascinating. I appreciate the time and talk. And again, folks, this is Priscilla's take on it, the, the information she's called from this. There are many different cultures that have similar lines of thought that she has brought together into these books to make it easier to reference and to see these stories played out. Um, for a lot of you that just heard what she talked about, that Yahweh is not the God we think he is and that Satan is not who we believe he is as well is also an interesting uh, concept and one that has been spoken about for millennium. Uh, And I I can already tell you, you you don't have to go type, oh my God, Schrader's turning into an atheist and doesn't believe in God anymore. (laughs) No, but listen, the God I believe in wants me to question things. The God I believe in wants me to know the truth. The God I believe in isn't happy with sheep. And I don't think he ever was. It ever was. So I think you have to question. You have to shake up the paradigms and and understand things, believe things, and uh, get a chance to re-examine the concepts we've been given our whole life to see what legitimately makes sense. And there are a lot of contradictions in most religions and theosophies. Uh, 
that that completely set themselves on their own ear and then they can't backpedal and figure a way out of explaining away what that meant so before you get too judgy wudgy start encouraging yourself to read in a little bit more educate yourself and if if we're wrong show it come be on the show talk about it and as long as you can do it in a logical and methodical manner like priscilla i'm always interested in hearing those concepts uh, Priscilla, the book is out. The fourth book in your series is out right now. Testament of the hollow. Are, are you planning, is it going to go beyond this four book series or is this kind of your compendium um, grouping? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, if there will be another book, it won't be anytime okay. soon. Um, there are other mythologies I haven't really gotten into as much as the ones I have. So there's definitely mm-hmm. potential for that. I want to say, I believe in a higher power also. Um, mm-hmm. It's not what the religions say, but mm-hmm. I do believe in uh, in that. Um, I'm not an atheist. I don't think atheism is the answer because it denies the soul. And I believe right. we're, we are souls having a human experience. I agree. Fascinating. We do have links up for Priscilla. You can find her. You can find her books. You can find ways to follow her works and thoughts. Give the books a read. Give yourself a chance to expand upon it. And here's the the one good thing I always tell people when they're completely diametrically opposed to those concepts, right? It's always good to know the enemy. And, and I'm not saying Priscilla is the enemy, but if you're going to pigeonhole somebody on their belief systems, understand why they believe the things they believe in. It's an interesting aspect, something to consider for yourself as we continue to educate and enlighten ourselves. The world is a very small place, but there are still so many mysteries left at hand, so many things that we have to discover in this new era that we live, things that may not be so new after all, that have always been a part of our lingering culture, but people have moved on. Maybe they've gotten too obsessed or possessed into having things, materialistic things, walking away from the fascination and awe of true discovery. And that's a shame. I hope that people will continue to push those boundaries and elevate themselves to try to find answers, to look into the myths that once existed, right? Those that don't pay attention or heed the past are doomed to repeat it. So let's focus on the past. Let's learn from the past and see what magic there is still to uncover for ourselves. I want to thank my guest, Priscilla, for being here with us this evening and sharing these insights, something different, a little bit uh, to chew on and and give your brain something to stimulate it as opposed to just uh, more ghost stories and alien encounters and and such. This is I love when we can kind of shake it up and, and give you something different to be a part of. So, Thank you all for visiting me here and being a part of the Paranormal 60. May the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we shared here. We'll be back tomorrow. We have a very special episode, number 99. And then we're back on Friday with the Paranormal News crew doing what we do best, bringing you all the news you need to know. Until then, I'm Dave Schrader, and you're listening to the very best in paranormal podcasting. This is the Paranormal 60. (laughs) 